0: But let's get right to our first guest. Murders in America have a 50% chance of getting away with it, according to a new study. The homicide clearance rates, meaning that there's an arrest, uh, is at an all-time low. Uh, It used to be up in the 90% range in the 1960s. Uh, My next guest says we're on the verge of being the first developed nation where the majority Majority of homicides go unclear. Why is this happening? What is the effect on our society? And what are we going to do to correct the problem? Joining us is Thomas Cosgrove. He's the founder and chairman of the Murder Accountability Project. He's a retired Washington-based investigative journalist and a former White House correspondent. He founded the nonprofit Murder Accountability Project to track unsolved homicides nationwide. Thank you for joining uh, my show, Mr. Hoggrove. How are you doing?
1: I'm fine, Karen. Thank you for having me.
0: Let's, before we, we plunge into this fascinating and kind of disturbing topic, I was looking at your bio, and I saw that while you were a journalist, you developed an algorithm that helped identify murder trends and catch serial killers. Can you briefly tell our listeners a little bit about how that happened and what, uh, what exactly it is that you developed?
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh, In 2010, while I was still an investigative journalist in Washington, D.C., I began a a year-long national reporting project that eventually was called Murder Mysteries. And we we built a database, what turned out to be the most complete database available anywhere, of murders and unsolved murders. And um, the reason we did that, I was aware uh, in my youth, of a problem that criminologists call linkage blindness, that uh, when a murder happens, a detective is assigned to investigate the case. When another murder happens, usually in major cities, a different detective is assigned. If there are commonalities to those two murders, those commonalities get missed unless the detectives happen to have a conversation about their cases over the water cooler. If those murders happen in adjoining jurisdictions, that conversation never happens linkage blindness. What I wondered for years was whether it was possible to use um, national crime data to identify uh, murders that have an elevated probability of being linked, uh, having a common killer. And um, we did this project with that as um, an understood backdrop to see if it was possible. Uh, We eventually developed an algorithm that does uh, uh identify known ser- serial killers. Well, that's not very useful, is it? But it also identified dozens and dozens of clusters of similar murders, of similar victims committed in similar geographies that nobody knows anything about. And um, those were the clusters that we um, looked quite hard at. Uh, we identified a, a series of strangulations in Gary, Indiana, uh, that were um, eventually confirmed when, when the killer, when a killer was um, arrested in Hammond, Indiana, and confessed immediately to being responsible for many murders over many years. Um, so t- that same algorithm identified a series of uh, strangulations in the Chicago area. And those are still under review and uh, the chicago police are still looking at those
0: so is this is this algorithm still in use by law enforcement across the country or is it sort of like they have to the, the particular law enforcement agency would have to enter that that information to, in order to be part of it
1: no we have a working uh, version of the algorithm at our website if you go to www.murderdata.org Uh, Go to Murder Clusters, and you can see what the algorithm is showing. You can see the clusters in Gary, Indiana. You can see the clusters in Chicago. You'll see clusters all over America, actually. Some of those are of known serial killers. Some of those are a mystery. Interesting. And um, it's available to everybody, as is what the clearance rate is for your hometown at MurderData.org.
0: Fascinating. Um, let's, we've got one minute before we have to take a break, but going back to solving murders, um, can you quickly give me the general statistics in the United States of how frequently or, or what percentage of all murders are cleared?
1: Yeah, as you said in your opening back in the 1960s, uh, it was not uncommon to be reporting up to a 90% clearance rate, meaning at least one person had been arrested, formally charged for the crime, and handed over to a court of law for trial. In the most recent estimate made by the FBI's Criminal Justice Information Services Division, that clearance rate had dropped to 54 percent, the lowest on record. And that's where we come up with a 50-50 chance these days whether a murder gets solved.
0: That's astounding. We're talking to Thomas Hargrove. He's the founder and chairman of the Murder Accountability Project. You can look at his website, murderdata.org, and talk, talk to your elected officials uh, about the fact that we are at this all-time low and maybe there's something that we can have done. And when we come back, let's, uh, let's talk about the reasons for this because I think some of the reasons might not be exactly what you think. You're listening to The Karen Conti Show on WGN. We're talking to Thomas Hargrove, founder and chairman of the Murder Accountability Project that's murderdata.org, very very interesting. Now, you we established that um the murder clearance rate has g- gone to an all-time low of about 54%. Can you uh, Thomas, I think maybe it would be helpful if you could bullet point for us the top few reasons why you believe uh the murder rate uh clearance rate has gone down and then we'll address some of them uh, individually.
1: Okay, yes. So, um, unfortunately, uh, police have multiple challenges these days. First of all, number one is that um, we are underfunding police, that um, we put um, law enforcement on a slow starvation diet over the last 40 years. Increasingly, uh, municipalities are uh, underfunded. Their tax base has been static. While the demand for city services has done nothing but grown, increasingly governments in America are having a hard time meeting their pension fund payments, much less adequately uh, funding police. We don't have enough of everything. We don't have enough of detectives, trained detectives, experienced detectives. We don't have enough forensic technicians to go out to crime scenes. We don't have enough laboratory capacity. Uh, The waiting list for crime uh, data is horrendous sometimes years to get DNA and ballistic reports back. That's number one. Number two is um, more in the realm of politics. Unfortunately, there is a growing disconnect between police and the communities they serve, that um, there is mistrust, especially in minority community, uh, communities, especially in the African-American communities in America. There's growing distrust between police and, um, and them. They, uh, After the murder of George Floyd um, in uh, May of 2020, uh, it just became an epidemic of doubt. Um, and this, this belief that police are not on my side, they're not treating me fairly, um, just causes a major reluctance for witnesses to come forward, for people to cooperate in the very important partnership of, of solving major crimes. Finally, uh, we're dealing with uh, a literally vicious circle that has um, as uh, murders increasingly go unsolved. That means killers are walking the streets in unprecedented numbers. That means that the killers are available to kill again. Uh, They got away with it the first time. It might be cool to tell your friends you're now a serial killer. They inspire others. After all, there were no sanctions for him. Maybe I can get away with it, too. And finally, that no justice was achieved because of a murder prompts others that if they're going to get justice, they're going to have to take the law into their own hands. Murder begets murder, especially unsolved murder.
0: Really interesting, um, and I want to go back through some of these uh, in a little more detail. I, I've also read that the proliferation of gun murders has also increased uh, or actually decreased the clearance rate in that when you commit a murder by way of stabbing or asphyxiation or something like that, you are much more likely to be caught because there's forensic evidence or perhaps witnesses will have seen it. Not always, but sometimes. Whereas if you're shooting with a gun, the only thing left can be a, a bullet. Uh, and, and it may be that you're a far, a long distance away in a car and, and no one knows who you are. Is that is that one of the bullet points, too, that has in, uh, decreased the clearance?
1: That's a mixed bag. Um, I mean, frankly, uh, there's a cluster of over 50 strangulations of women in Chicago that we think uh, there was very little evidence available. Uh, no, most of the cases, overwhelmingly, the cases had no DNA um those were hands-on murders literally in which um uh it didn't work that yeah. we're not getting the forensic evidence we want in the case of uh gun violence um there's one thing left in the body usually a bullet and often it's possible if you recover the handgun to have a very convincing bit of evidence to, to give the jury that the uh, bullet and the gun match so it, it varies um I, it's not good that we're increasingly uh, resorting to firearms to kill people. That does not help anything. Uh, but it, it varies whether a gun helps or hurts uh, when police are trying to investigate.
0: Let's go to the underfunding of police and the lack of or, um, uh, trained forensic, uh, trained you know investigators, etc. Is it... Is it fair to say that the people aren't going into policing as much anymore? Is it harder to recruit police officers, and therefore people don't stay in the job, and therefore they're not getting the training? Is that part of the the issue?
1: Absolutely. Um, It is a job that people increasingly don't want, um, and that's horribly unfortunate. Uh, This is an honorable profession, and um, we need bright, intelligent people who are willing to devote their lives to law enforcement, Uh, but that's not the the tale that's happening. Increasingly, uh, people look upon law enforcement as a a, uh, fraught career, dangerous. Um, You might end up going to jail because you had to, um, you know, use unfortunate violence uh, in cases. It is becoming a real problem. Uh, Many, many police departments report they simply are unable to get qualified candidates, and That is a major problem. Uh, We need good, quality people who are willing to uh, devote themselves to law enforcement.
0: And let's talk a little bit about the politics part of this in the community. And actually, my prior uh, host had on uh, some aldermen, and they were talking about the the effectiveness of community policing and police getting to know people in the neighborhood. I know where I live in Chicago. I know my police officers by name. I know where they're going to be walking. I, I know where they're having coffee. I know you know. I know everything about their families, and they know about me. It's it's a very nice relationship. I, I and I assume that in many. Neighborhoods that is the case, but in many it is not. So what what would be the solution to increasing the the camaraderie of police who are in the communities um, with, with the with, with the people out there, including the children?
1: Yeah. So what you just described for your own neighborhood is is uh, what we call community policing. That uh, people have a, a a working relationship with police. Uh, they know their local cops. They have a good relationship. Uh, that's very healthy. That's the way it's supposed to be everywhere. Um, unfortunately, um, that is not the case in a growing number of communities. Uh, it's always a problem in big cities. So, kudos um, for you knowing your local police officer. Um, increasingly, people living in cities uh, are uh Cities of strangers, that, um, that we're not bonding with our neighbors perhaps as well as we once did. Broadly speaking, in criminology, there is a theory for this. It's called procedural justice, that um, increasingly when you look upon police as not your friend, uh, that you question the legitimacy of police, that you become more likely not to cooperate with police, not to participate in investigations. Um, this problem of procedural justice is real, and it actually increases the likelihood that people will take uh, their grievances into their own hands rather than picking up the phone and dialing 911 and getting the cop to deal with a problem in your life. Um, the idea that you have to take uh, the law into your own hands you know, we're back to murder begets murder, and that that's what's happening in an awful lot of places. It's definitely been happening in Chicago.
0: I have just a minute to get this out, but I, I want to talk just briefly about the lawsuit that your organization brought against the Department of Justice, the FBI, some other organizations. Can you quickly tell our listeners about it? We've got just a minute.
1: Yeah, so um, this was a re- request that we had from the uh, Uh, Assistant Secretary of the Interior for Indian Affairs. She wanted to know about Indian murders. We told her uh, most Indian murders go unreported to the Uniform Crime Report, the official accounting of uh, crime. And it took us a while to figure out what was going on. Eventually, we did. The problem is that federal law enforcement, which have primary jurisdiction in many uh, Indian reservations, are not reporting Uh, crime data to the Uniform Crime Report in violation of a 1988 law that Congress passed requiring them to report data. We have filed a couple of lawsuits. Uh, We are still in litigation. We're um, having conversations with those involved, but it's still a pending matter. And uh, we we are confident we'll win because we're seeking data that uh, law enforcement like the FBI are required by law to report.
0: And I imagine that, you know, just having this data is just really crucial in trying to figure out why murders are going unsolved, uh, why they're going unreported, why, and what we can do to actually change it. Um, but thank you so much, Thomas Car- Hargrove, founder and chairman uh, uh, of the Murder Accountability Project. Check out the website, murderdata.org. Talk to your ele- elected officials about these issues and um, and is anything else that you want to promote, uh, Tom?
1: No, that's it. We okay. want people to look up their own hometown, see their own data. And if they don't like what they see, have a conversation.
0: Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your afternoon and join us again, will you?
1: Karen, you've been very kind. Thank All
0: right. You. Take care.